Hey, this is Keith Price, and I am so glad that you have become a part of the Keith Price's Curtain Call family. It is really great that you guys are enjoying it, and I really, really feel like I want to give you guys more and do more for you. And the only way that I can do more is if I can get a little bit of help from you. So what I would like to ask of you is that you check out, if you're listening to the podcast, to the Patreon page that I have started in which I'm asking that if you have an extra buck or two that you could throw over to the side once a month, I would be very appreciative. As time goes on and the more support that I can get and the more energy that I can create, behind this, it will give me the opportunity to reach more people. And the more people that love theater in the world makes the world a better place. So www.patreon.com slash Keith Price Curtain Call. Help a brother out. Come on now. Help a brother out. Thanks a lot. You are listening to Keith Price's Curtain Call. And welcome back to another episode of Keith Price's Curtain Call, and I am your host, Keith Price. Like, you really need me to say that, but, so, but you know, sometimes if I don't remind people, they don't know, right? And this is a very special day because I'm going to do something that I have not done in a while, which is I'm going to have my guest, who's here today with me, the talented and fabulous Chesney Snow, who... If some of you are still into the mix of the podcast, will know that Chesney Snow was the very first interview of the very first week of the brand new year when he was in a show called In Transit, and we had the most delicious, fabulous, heartfelt conversation. And since that time, I uh, have run into Mr. Chesney again. We were at a little event a couple weeks ago. We saw each other over there with the Rosie O'Donnell thing. Yes, Rosie Steve. And I then gave him what I needed to give him now on the air, which is a full-on read, because let me tell you what this, look, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I love me some Chesney Snow. I'm just going to put that out there first for the world, because I don't want y'all to think that I'm just bringing people in here to be rude and shady. But let me tell you what this guy did. Okay, first of all, he comes up in here, and he gives me this <laughs> fabulous life story, and I was all sucked in, and it was all beautiful and all true, and I was like emotional after our conversation. Everything was fabulous i was like this boy has got it going on and then about a week or two later i saw him after our interview aired that was touching and fabulous he was off on somebody else's show giving them interview and giving giving them some i mean some fierce interview realness <laughs> i was like oh oh it's good for those people but i don't get that he no. he gives me just a taste and then goes on like a drug dealer <laughs> <laughs> But I have to give it to my man. He is back, back, back. He was in In Transit, and Transit unfortunately closed, but the cast recording is available for everybody, which, again, God bless the cast recordings. And at the same time, while he was in In Transit, he was workshopping his show that is now going to be making its full-on premiere at Dixon Place here in New York City on July 30th, and he's going to be doing a little nice, tight little run of shows July 30th, August 6th and 13th both at 6.30, and Mondays, uh, July 31st, August 7th, and 14th at 7.30. So if you are now making your plans to come to New York City, this is the time to come and get your off-the-beaten-path conversation. And as I welcome my guest, Mr. Give-It-All-To-The-Other-People, Chesney <laughs> Snow. 
<laughs> oh man, thank you, Keith. Man, it's great to be back. Yeah, How man. are you, baby? I'm good, man. This I'm good. Is you know, I'm uh, I'm 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 enjoying post you know Broadway life. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting to work on some really amazing projects. Uh, you know, I I can't say enough like how magical that 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 whole experience uh, was for me that year. Yeah. You know, uh, just a you know another uh, little side note is that you know when I was. Uh, one of our performances at, at uh, Circle in the Square earlier this year, like I, I'm, I'm going out as we do our, our, our bows, mm -hmm. and there's Ruben Santiago Hudson, like in like the second row in, and I'm, you know, I'm such a fan of, of Ruben of Santiago Hudson, the Tony Award winner this year for J Jitney. Well, well Jitney won well, Jitney the won Tony. For the Tony. Uh, he was nominated, nominated for, director. Uh, for director, and uh, and that completed uh, all of August Wilson's work. Right. Uh, being on Broadway, mm -hmm. and uh, and so and so he's out there in the audience, and I'm just you know you know I'm starstruck because uh, you know it's Santiago it's, Hudson, yeah, hello. you know, and um, and so but I didn't get to see him after the show, and uh, so I wrote him, and he wrote me back, and uh, and then he he's really uh, just been really amazing. He's he's uh, he's he started to work uh, on another show yes. with Regina Taylor, mm -hmm. and, and he brought me in to do some work on that. So I've been. You know, I, I did a little workshop with them, and then we, uh, then I just, uh, um, you know, I'm being brought in to do some work on that at Two Rivers Theater in New Jersey, wow. uh, a, a new, mm -hmm. uh, a new work that's coming out uh, in May, and uh, and it's just been that's been a really magical experience. You know, uh, I, I don't, Lashans did the workshops. I think, <laughs> I think she's, I think. But I don't know. I can't say that. Tony Award winning LaShawns, who I tried to you get know. on this show. She has been very elusive with me, but that's another story. Really? Well, you know, we ran into the thing at the Dreamgirls, okay. you know, 35th reunion, and we were going to do, and I gave her the card. Mm. She's busy. I'm clearly not that fabulous, but it's all right. <laughs> It's all right. I ain't mad at LaShawn's. I know she's got her life. I ain't gonna come for her yet. Mm -hmm. But she still needs to do the show. Anyway, so But yeah, so 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 so, so yeah, so that, you know, uh that experience uh, really was really a capstone for me, you know, because I'd I'd always wanted to uh to work with Ruben mm -hmm. and you know, I got an opportunity to and so so that was really magical and then uh it it it, it that experience also let gave me the opportunity really to workshop my my own piece, mm -hmm. and now I'm presenting it at Dixon Place, the Unwritten uh, Law. Yeah, it's making its big premiere July 30th, August 6th, and the 13th. There's going to be Sunday night performances, and then well on Monday, July 31st, 7th, and 14th. So this show, you know, I was very lucky because I got to see it in the the last incarnation. Yes, and the thing about this show, people, that you must remember when you go see this the unwritten law at dixon place with chesney snow is that you're you're taking us on a journey of your life yeah and yeah when you do that that means you have to go to a lot of places that are not comfortable and Absolutely. i'm and i'm saying that to you just because i i now recognize from my own mm -hmm. development of things that i'm trying to do right that it you you got to go to the places that are uncomfortable yeah. how hard is that for you Oh, to mean, re keep. I mean, you know, it's, it's, to relive this. Right, right. It's uh, it's certainly a, a like an immense challenge. Uh, but there was also something that was very therapeutic about being able to really look at these stories of my life and, and this journey, and to really um, 
to really be able to contextualize these things. Right. You know, um, one of the things that that my director uh, Rebecca Aaron's was able to do because she has this this really steep history in African American uh, studies and right. and and she was really able to say, well, well, this is the landscape of 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 what we've been through as 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 a culture right. here, and this is where your story really fits into that. And a lot of the times, I don't think we. Re- I mean, I think sometimes we have a general sense, yeah. you know, but we're not all studying African American history in such a way that we can kind of look at the the, the you know the minutia, right? You know, of each decade of each year. And and well and and you know like I said this is this is an autobiographical piece and and what's interesting is is that when you um, tell your story, people will be literally like I was when we were sitting here that first time together, huh. going, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, what? That's, that's that's life. What? This brother's done what? And and not only have you." I think you're an interesting testament to the true nature of the power of the arts. Thank you. You know, your story is the story, you know, again, not that I don't want to give anything away. Cause I mean, I feel like you have to go and experience this whole, you have to take the journey from the very beginning to the very end. And then to understand how sometimes in the worst periods of your life, I guess, you know, because I'm what I look at you now, and I'm thinking to myself that you are when you go out and have to do this show. The good thing is that you have to remember you know how it ends because right. you are the living ending. You right. know what I'm saying? Like exactly. all of these sum totals of these crazy ass stories of right. how you've had to survive and how you've had to to try to create while surviving. Right. Like all of those piece, all of those sum totals add up to the person that's sitting in the studio with me now. Right. So yeah. does that help a little bit when you have to go back to those stories? Yeah, it, it does. I mean, the, the stories are, you know, we wanted to find a, a, a way to uh, create a story that showed the pain, but also focused on the resilience, you know. And we, we wanted to be able to have a story that could really uh, not just be something that <clears throat> was showing kind of uh, you know, bodies or black bodies or black souls in conflict and torment, but to also show the ascension, you know? And and so what we, you know, I think that it it was certainly, it was certainly something that I, I was conflicted about uh, with regards to, you know, what stories do we tell? What stories do we not tell? Um, and, and, you know, because my story is connected to my family and, and people in my family, then I have to convince them that this is worth telling, you know, uh, because, you know, it's, it's not just my story, but it's, it's my mom's story, my sister's story, and, and my grandmother's story, my great grandfather's story, and all of these stories, um, that really do shape who I am. Right. And where I come from and and influence my story and and a lot of the times I think in you know in society we don't like to tell those stories you know 
these are something you know, a lot of the but I a lot of the times we want to keep those stories locked inside of you know a room somewhere and say we we just don't want to address that and I think that that creates not only dysfunction inside of families but it creates dysfunction inside of entire communities and inside of a country right. and we don't want to talk about the things that need to be talked about because there's so much scar tissue that exactly. if you know that if we don't talk about it then you know we end up uh paralyzed and so you know this the way that i had really talked to my mom and kind of convinced her that this was this was the right thing to do uh was was really saying you know communicating to her that theater is meant not only to entertain but to heal art is meant to heal and my goal is that when someone sees my story and they see this journey that I've been able to take, that they can relate to that on the stage, that they can relate to this story and, and maybe feel more comfortable talking about their own experience. Right. Because I feel, like, um, I feel like that that is uh, something that we need to do uh, on so many different levels. And... For me, another reason I really wanted to tell the story was also as an artist, you know, I often felt that I would go out for projects or things that, you know, didn't really reflect me and didn't really reflect where I came from and didn't, you know, and I, it didn't really, it's not that it didn't resonate with me. I, I could certainly enjoy doing it, right. but I wanted to be able to uh, tell the stories of, of people in my family that, um, that wouldn't have their story told. And I don't see their stories reflected on, on the stage uh, as much. Right. You know, it's funny because with Chesney here, and we're talking about the work and the preparation that he's put into his new show that's going to be happening at Dixon Place here in New York, starting July 30th. Um, a Sundays, it's a Sundays and Mondays type run for the next three weeks. It's Sundays, July 30th, August 6th and 13th at 6.30 p.m., and then again, Mondays, um, July 31st, August 7th, and the 14th at 7.30 p.m. And, of course, you can go to DixonPlace.com. Org. org DixonPlace.org, right. yeah. Um, to get more information about what they've got going down. Um, and we chose those because I we chose those dates, Sunday and Monday, because I thought I was going to be on Broadway. <laughs> wow. So I was like, okay, so I can only do these two days. Because I'm so busy right you now. You know, but uh, it ended up it ended up working out. Well, but you know what? It's so funny because, again, it, that is the nature of the business. It is. It is. I mean, you, you know, the thing about Chesney's journey for you guys that if y'all have, you know, listened to the, the first episode that we did at the beginning of the year and, you know, of course, time since then, it's like you have really certainly blossomed into accepting a lot of the greatness that this part of your life has brought to you conscious uh yeah i think i think you you have to you know um i you know there's there's certainly a moment where you have to if you're going to enjoy any of this you have to be present for it and i think that uh you know it only in the last couple of years was i able to really uh, feel present so that i can enjoy the moments right um you know because sometimes i think we can as artists get down on ourselves a lot if we don't feel like we are where we should be you know um 
it's it's really it's really challenging to make a living as an artist and everyone knows that but i think over time as you see maybe your peers who maybe they became a nurse or a dentist or an architect you know they begin to have a level of life that a lot of the times um i you know for for actors performers musicians dancers especially yeah. um you know comedians yeah. you know it's it's you don't you may not see yourself uh doing what's in your heart and what you're really skilled at and the thing that you can contribute to the world you don't see see that bringing you the kind of uh stability uh that you would see in other professions and so i think you but if i look back on my career and i say oh my god i did that and i did that you know but i didn't get to enjoy that because when i was ha when i was having all these amazing experiences happening you know headlining carnegie hall or any of these sorts of things not able to truthfully and wholeheartedly like the first time really enjoy that because my mind was was trying to get to someplace else right you know and i say that over this year and especially with you know opening and closing a broadway show i really i really did take in uh, that that notion you know that um i really really want to be present and and feel this because it is an extraordinary time in my life yeah i mean com and, you know extraordinary in a way more positive sense than Absolutely. your earlier oh moments that were extraordinary with, with, as well but not for question. the best w without question yeah. it's like now when you look back at that time because you know again i don't mean to tell you to go back and listen to that first interview <laughs> because i just chesney does not have time to be rehashing all this stuff for y'all because he's busy workshopping and and no you're not workshopping you're actually opening but you're teching right now yeah we're getting ready to go into tech we're in the last couple of rehearsals and you know there's been some changes since the first workshop but a lot of the the, the, the bulk of it has not really changed that much i mean we we've, we've kind of found some things that worked and found some things that didn't work to really kind of finesse uh the conclusion and uh, I, you know and again this is a perform this is more to me a, a true sense of performance art in that you are working through the the story as a raconteur you have music as part of your your storytelling thing you have dance as part of your storytelling element and you also have um visuals you have a multimedia visual energy as well and so what you it's 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 interesting to me because what you're doing is you're bringing in all of these more modern artistic storytelling elements to tell the story that y'all <laughs> like ooh y'all ooh child honey i don't i don't want to like give it all away but again uh mr chesley so has been through it he has seen some things <laughs> on his way to now sitting here telling you about the show that he's written and producing and putting together and having to have an opening i mean it's it is quite a journey yeah, uh, you know, and it was, I never wanted to do a one-person show, you know, yeah. like I, I I, totally respected it, you know, I, I, I'm entertained when I go and see it, but I wanted, you know, I wanted some magic to happen with bodies and, and, and minds and souls that were like in that space and creating together. I think that there's just a magic that you get in front of a live band that you don't get with, you know, 
exactly a track. A track yeah you know but you know, but i also wanted to have that that element of the reader and the poet and and the comedian that has that visceral you know connection with the audience and so that storytelling form i wanted to be able to preserve so we kind of sought to create this hybrid where we're able to take these bodies as as dancers and really move them through the space as a part of the storytelling so that it it gives you something to to experience and to look at and, and it has this aesthetic to it that that at, at some moments drives the story and at some moments supports the story, but that it's 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 like it's performance art. Yeah. And and so yeah, that's it's uh it's challenging, but I'm really I'm really excited and I'm really happy about where we've um, where we've gone with it, where we're where we're developing developing it to, um, and I I always wanted to write. It's been a long time dream of mine to write something that was in verse, you know, yeah. because a lot of the times, uh, you know, when you're when you're really good at something, then mm-hmm. you become that guy, you know. Right. So it's like if if you're a really good beatboxer, then you're the beatbox guy, you right? Know? Which is great, you know, because I love beatboxing, but um, I don't know if we talked about this before, but like there's more to what I do than that. Yeah. And so that's another reason that I really wanted to show people that there, there's another dimension to me as an artist. And that is, you know, I want to tell my story and I want to do it in a way that, that, that may be fresh for people. Well, uh, yeah, I have to say certainly, you know, as someone who fancies himself the comedian and the, the version of storytelling that I try to do, which of course is all available online right now, because we all everybody <laughs> yeah, got a plug a bitch, plug away, honey. Plug Dixon away, Place, away. Unwritten Law, July thirtieth, <laughs> August sixth, thirteen six thirty. Monday, July thirty first, August seventh, and fourteenth at seven thirty. Because you know that's why he's here. And you're listening to Keith Price. Okay. <laughs> um, but you, you know, I thought about that in that my, I I have the luxury of being by myself because I. You know, I have to paint the picture in my head and, and with the words and the conversation, and I have to think about the humor because mine is my goal is to no matter what story I'm trying to tell, I'm going to find something funny in it so that it can be told. Um, and your stuff is so much more, um, it's, it's much grittier. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, you know I've, I have some moments. I ain't put them all up on the stage, but I, you know, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. damn, you know, and, homelessness. And, the, and, the, and the, yeah, the, and the thing is, it's like one of the challenges of that is, you know, how do you make it where you can find those moments where people can laugh? Right. You know, how do you tell this story that can, can really just, you know, suck you in and you just go, you know, your jaw drops like, that's kind of crazy, right? right? But how do you find those moments where it's like a person can laugh? And so we, 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 you know, there was this um, this, this quote by Oscar Wilde that that I kind of used to inform it in my journey in this. And he said that if you want to tell people the truth, you have to make them laugh; otherwise, they'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So wow. So I. So that's I, the. Wow. So so I so I I really I really did work and we're you know we've been working through this to really just kind of find those spaces where um we can tell this intense drama uh but also we can have those those moments where we can we can breathe and we can laugh and that we can also see the hope right. you know and that we can see 
that there's there's this light and there's this love and there's this lift, but we also have to really address and confront uh, real dark issues. Um, and I think that that's the res- that's the responsibility of theater. You know, Amiri Baraka, the great Leroy yes. Jones, you know, had written this uh, this essay called the Revolutionary Theater, and in, and in that he he talked about how theater is supposed to you know bash heads open and mm-hmm. leave bloods all over the seat. You know, and I and I understood the thought of that. You know, it's like we're supposed to go out there and just tell the raw truth as hard and and as ugly and as beautiful as that may be. That's our job. And wow. in a process, you know, hopefully we can heal ourselves and heal um, others. Edify people, yeah. especially. You know? And wow. So, you know, I was just sitting there thinking about your piece now as you were kind of explaining the the multimedia aspect of it with the, the characters and the dancers and the music and, and the, the, the projection stuff that goes on. And it just dawned on me. I, I was trying to think of when you when I asked you earlier about how is it for you to get through all of the process, and then I remembered that you are basically the narrator in this story, and all of these other people are living, They're living that around. stuff for you. So yeah. I feel like you know now I, I feel like I right. got the answer to my right. own question, but right. I thought about it. It's like oh, because right. you're not you're not experiencing well, in, the, the, in terms well, of living living it. Well, no, you, dramatically, but no, you you are you are because the the form of the theater is called readers theater. Right. And in readers theater, the the narrator actually, you know, through their words becomes all those different characters. Mm-hmm. And that's why in a way it's akin to stand up comedy. Right. Because, you know, the the um you know, you I remembered I guess the best thing that I can recall is like this one where, you know, I can't remember if it's raw or delirious where Eddie is telling the story of his families, and so he, you know, he's it's like he's telling the story, mm-hmm. and then he becomes like three different characters in the span of thirty seconds, right? You know, all telling out this scene, mm-hmm. and so you do, you do want to become the the words and the and the characters, but you're also the storyteller, right? You know, and so you have to experience uh, the the moment, you have to experience the moment, but the people around you are also part of that cast. Right. So without giving too much away, it's like, you know, in the beginning, you know, when, when my mother's on the ground, it's like, like I have to see my mother on the ground to tell that, to tell that story that, right. you know, um, and I have to, I have to like envision and, and be telling the story, but like see that this is, this is, this is where my mom was. Right. You know, but, but there's a, there is a little bit of a sense of, of, removal absolutely you know what i'm saying like different it's different it's a different kind of way to go back and look at that but not you know you're not mired in it you know what i'm saying you're not like you're not so much in a scene and that's it's this linear scene right and and you're in a scene with your mom right you know yeah you're just you know but but it's it's like but i was thinking in terms of how to help safeguard yourself psychologically a little bit from well, I, like you're well, yeah. you're experiencing, like you said, through the words. But I mean, right. I'm talking about like that whole thing. Like if it was you right. telling the story, mm-hmm. and then having to move through all of that right. pain in order to right. get the story out right. physically right. with none of these other elements to it. Well, I don't. That would that come I, on now. I, well, I don't. I you know, it's 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 crazy because I don't know honestly if if it's that different because you're you know there's moments where. 
you know, you're like, I'm actually in a scene, like lifting my cousin up, you know, right. and, and, and carrying him off and seeing him go. And mm -hmm. I think part of the challenge of that is that like that really happens, you right. know? And like that scene that I play in my, that, that scene that we play there is a scene we play in, in, that we had in life. Right. And one of the reasons that that scene was challenging, for example, was because before we did another uh, show a couple of years ago, with collaborated with some people, some friends of mine, uh, one of which is uh, playing cello for me in this show, right. Varuni to a Chelvin. And, um, and it was called To Kiss a Wound. And part of... Uh, the story centered on Bobby, who's in my uh, Your cousin. In my cousin mm -hmm. Bobby, and he, uh, you know, he was working with us and telling us, you know, the story about the things that were going on because he was in this nursing home, and you know, right. <clears throat> and I, he said in one of our workshops when he would be on the phone, he was like, um, "I need you to let me die in this story," and so my collaborators were like, "There's." There's no way we can do that. We don't feel comfortable doing that, you know, because he was telling us the story and he's like, I have to die in this story. And, and then I, you know, we explained to him and then he said to me, uh, uh, it's just because you don't understand death. It's like everyone, you know, you guys are all, af you know, afraid of death because you don't understand it. And he kind of went into this whole conversation about it's this transformation that, that's happening, you know, that it's not really death. You know, and this is the way that he's looking at it. Now, mind you, Bobby has, you know, been in a nursing home for right. most of his adult life and, and has muscular dystrophy, so he's not able to, you know, take care of himself, move. You right. know, um, and so we open the show, and there's literally, uh, it's like a one-show thing. It's kind of similar to what we did in yeah. January. And he said... Um, uh, we got him on the phone for the talk back, you know? And so he, he got on the phone and he was able to like talk to the audience now that they had kind wow. of seen this show about his life, you know, that, that kind of, that was, that had some elements basically of his mm -hmm. life. His life was one of the central characters. And, uh, and that was the first time that he'd, you know, been able to really talk about his life in that kind of setting to a, a small New York audience in that Dixon Place theater. Yeah. And he died later that year, right? Wow. So when we're on that stage, and now I'm, I'm telling his story in much more full way about how he influenced me growing up pretty much as being like my best friend, and I have to, I have to pick him up and carry him off, and I have to see his spirit and his face in that moment, in that space, in my part in, in my in my scene partner's eyes mm -hmm. there so what i guess what i'm saying is that it's difficult to say whether or not that that i'm not all encompassed by that because of the space that we're in and right. the history of 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 that particular stage and and knowing that like you know this was one of the places that that he really the only place he ever spoke to a new york audience wow. you know what i mean and uh, and so there's a lot of pressure to get things right, um, but I think um, for me it's it's been really 
it's been a really therapeutic process. Uh, it's been something that I felt I needed to do uh, because I've always wanted to be a storyteller. Uh, but I, I feel like sometimes in the business of it, the way that it's kind of constructed is one in which there are a lot of layers between the actor and the, the stage, right. you know, there's, there's, you gotta have a script and mm -hmm. you gotta be the right part for that. Mm -hmm. And you gotta, you know, get in that audition room somehow. And then you've got to like get to the callback. You, <laughs> you gotta know? get through the callback. You gotta get through the Then call you have back. to spend the whole time praying that you don't get fired between the time <laughs> Ex that you start exactly. to the actual opening night. Exactly. So that at least your name can be in the credit. <laughs> if they fire your ass the next day, then I made opening night, bitches. <laughs> exactly. You know? So, um, and so, you know, and, and I, and I love theater. So I'm always going to love aspects of it, the good and the bad of, of, of the business. You know, you, you right. have to, you know, it's not something we can change. But as an artist, I can work hard to to take my story and just put it on that stage somehow, as difficult right. as that is. You know? You know? I, it's so funny because I was just thinking as you were, you're kind of like, you know, talk about that journey from the, the page to the stage. That's the, mm -hmm. the, the, the guys, the terminology that I like to use. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a very difficult journey, and but it's even more difficult, I think, when you're the person putting the words on the page too. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> it's, oh, like, that's, uh, like, it's challenging. Sure. So, and there you are, and not only are you putting the words on the page, but you're also—it's not as if you're creating an environment someplace else. You're going back into your own world and and reliving all of that stuff, and and finding a way to channel, I guess, that pain and heartache of that period, and turn it into what's happening now. Right, make it relevant. That's to me. Anyone who sees the story, and anyone who hears the journey, and hears how you manage to make it, and can take in the artistic way in which you're trying to represent it, um, if they walk away not thinking that, at least for you, I'd love to ask you: Do you see yourself as being truly blessed? Oh, there's there's no question. There's right. no question. And uh, so this show then, for people, if they if they manage to make it to New York to see the Unwritten Law at Dixon Place, opening Sunday, July 30th, with a Sunday-Monday series of runs, July 30th, August 6th, and 13th at 6.30, and again, Monday, July 31st, August 7th, and 14th at 7.30. Tickets you can get through DixonPlace.org. Who's been amazing? Awesome. They've been great. Dixon Place has been amazing. And, you know... But, but for them to understand that even our own personal circumstances, and this is something that I thought about when I saw your show, is that your personal circumstances can bring you to this place, and then it's what you choose to do once you get here. And that's exactly what your life is. That's exactly what this show is. And any yeah. of you who are listening... You know, first of all, y'all got to find Chesney Snow. Which you're, you have to get your 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 online. website. Yeah, uh, you know Chesney, Chesney Snow, Snow Facebook, uh, ChesneySnow.com. Com. He's, yeah. he's on the Twitter. He's doing the. Inst are you on the Instagram? I'm I'm on Instagram more than I'm on Twitter. Okay, but I'm on Facebook. I don't know why. I just like Facebook is so easy for me that I'm just like Facebook. So but you, I, you know. So now I've just told you how to find Chesney. I've you need to go and find out about the documentary that he's involved in in terms of him as a human beatboxer. 
y'all lose your minds. Yeah, they can see uh, that on the Urban Movie Channel. We just it's available That's for streaming right. now. Uh, so if you if you're really interested in seeing great uh, urban uh, films and television shows, uh, they've got some really great ones there. Uh, and uh, and so we we were a part of um, their Black Music Month that took place la- uh, last month, mm-hmm. June. And so they they put out a, a whole bunch of really amazing uh, documentaries and and on on black music. I think one was the new Tupac documentary, right? Uh, that that's really uh, pretty phenomenal. And then um, and our film came out, American Beatboxer. Uh, they can go to AmericanBeatboxer.com. Uh, we're doing another screening uh, at Harvard uh, in October nice. uh, of the film. Well, we will. Uh, we'll, they'll also be looking at you know me as a beatboxer, and and they'll also be looking at you know the unwritten law and things like that uh, of right. what I'm doing as an actor beatboxer. So that's well, then you need to make sure that when you get to Harvard, you find Diane Paulus like <laughs> over Diane at America Rep- at the Repertory Theater. Oh, our Tony Award winner. Mm. And, you know, just oh, say, yeah. hey, Paula, how you doing, Miss Diane? Just, you know, <laughs> just in case you're looking for somebody, I'm here. Yeah. I'm, you know, because it's right day. there. Yeah, you can just I mean, zip on over. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I said, this is the opportunity, again, if you don't know who Chesney Snow is, I'm so thrilled that I'm able to bring him to you. Secondly, you need to go and discover his work and discover his stuff, because why not? And if you happen to be in New York, again... July 30th, August 6th, 13th at 6.30 p.m. And again, on maybe on Monday, July 31st, August 7th and 14th at 7.30 p.m., you can go and see my man in the Unwritten Law at Dixon Place. And they and, they, and they, their bar does not mm. charge you $75 drinks. Okay. So, you know, the bar. So you can come. Portable drinks. Learn the, get the story and get a cocktail because, <laughs> you know. Be very honest, after they hear the story and if they don't want a cocktail, <laughs> y'all are some hard mother. That's all I got to say. Y'all are living too hard for me, honey. Chesty, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is great. And we will be For more podcasts, go to Keith Price's Curtain Call on iTunes, SoundCloud, MixCloud, and Google Play.